the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Glad to have you back for another episode of Perkett Pod. Or if you're a first-time listener, so stoked to have you on board. We love having fun and getting into the heads of some of Minnesota's greatest sports influencers and icons, diving into their backstories, but also getting into their here-and-now headspace to see what may be in the future for them as well. This week, we're getting into the ring with Minnesota's own Caleb Truax, the former super middleweight champion of the world. Really wants to get his belt back, doggone it. And I sure as heck am not going to bet against this passionate pugilist. Which brings us to Random Ranks. Here now, my top 11 favorite boxing terms. All right, boxing has its own set of jargon and lingo and vernacular, and these are some of my favorite boxing phrases in, in, in order. My top 11. Number 11, cut man. <laughs> there's, just, there's just something really, really daunting about a cut man and what they do and why they do. Number 10, glass jaw. Nine, uppercut. It's just a sweet phrase. Eight, this is even better, rope-a-dope. I mean, that could be higher. Eight's a little low for rope-a-dope, I'm thinking. Seven, undercard. Yeah, rope dope's better than undercard. What was I thinking? Number six, below the belt. <laughs> Some of these, a lot of these boxing phrases like play out in so many other situations in life, okay? Number five, down for the count. Number four, and I've always been curious about this one, haymaker. Like how, what does is, what is making hay have anything to do with getting punched or punching? I just, number three, throw in the towel. <laughs> Number two, saved by the bell. And and no, not Zach and Slater and Screech and Lisa Turtle and Kelly Kapowski and Jesse Spano. There we go. Okay, Mr. Belding. All right, number one, my favorite boxing phrase of all time, rabbit punch. Yeah. Before we get to Caleb Truax, just a quick mention to spread the word about Perkett Pod. We've been generating some impressive steam here so far and just want to make sure we keep this thing going in the right direction. So feel free to retweet or share the podcast link to anybody you want. If you haven't had the chance to subscribe to the podcast, please do so. It's just a click of the mouse or a tap on the phone, whatever. It's all free, and each subscription or rating helps immensely because we've had some fabulous shows in the books and a lot more in the can or in the works, so help us out. And now for Caleb Truax, the man whose motto is cut no corners. This guy's battled so hard to get where he is. He had a taste of the top and is now tirelessly in the midst of trying to ascend that mountain again. I recently caught up with Truax in the middle of one of his workouts Hear now that conversation on this episode of Perkett Pod. All right, I am so ready to just take you out right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I won't hit you, I promise, Caleb. You've done that before, man. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we are here uh, at, at Be Fit, and this is, uh, this is in Maple Grove, right? And yep. this, is, this is one of the places you work out, right? Yeah, this is my strength coach, Josh Hutton's gym. He, uh, he's been working with me for, I think, about five years now, five or six years. And uh, he's really helped me with uh, weight training, conditioning, nutrition. 
and kind of up my game to the next level as far as all that stuff goes. Yeah, and so if you hear some people working out in the background, that's just that we're just setting the scene right now. <laughs> but but like think about that. Like you you have a strength trainer. You have a how many people are in your corner, as it were? Um, you know, when I go into the ring, it's myself, obviously, uh, my trainer Tom Halstead, my manager Ron Like, and my cut man Jim Marine. But behind the scenes, Josh is helping. Um, you got a lot of Sean, people. Sean Jensen helps me with my media stuff. Yeah. Uh, Tony Gregelko is my promoter, and there's a lot of people that make the uh, make the wheel go around. So uh, it's not just me, even though I'm the only one that can fight for myself in there. But uh, a lot of people help me on the way. All right. So let's talk about your journey, Caleb, because it's it's pretty remarkable uh, the, the the fact that you've gotten to where you are. Uh, wh- first of all, what do you attribute? What are some of the main things you attribute your success to over the years? You know, I I have to attribute a lot of my success to just hard work, man. I started late in boxing, and I really busted my butt to to get to where I'm at. I I never missed a day in the gym. I I just really worked hard to make up for the time that I had to uh, catch up to the people who have boxed for longer than I have. Because I started when I was 19. A lot of the guys started when they were you know little kids, and so I had to make up for lost time as far as experience goes, just by working hard. And I have a great team around me. The guys I just mentioned, a great partner, Michelle. Uh, she supports me at home and just surrounding myself with good people and hard work, man. Yeah, you say you started late in your career. Uh, you weren't boxing when you were five, right? No, no, <laughs> It's no. like, do kids box? Like, <laughs> yeah. is that a thing? Yeah, okay. it's a, lot of, a lot of kids start when they're six, seven, eight years old. And oh, wow. I love it, man. It's, it's, uh, you, you'd think that uh, you wouldn't want your little kid to box, but it, it couldn't be any safer, man. It's, it's two kids that aren't strong enough to hurt each other, and the gloves, like, literally go up to their elbows, and they're just like – Rock'em Sock'em Robots in the Miller Ring, and yeah. it's fantastic to watch, and, and it's uh, a really, really great sport for kids to start doing because it just teaches them discipline and teaches them uh, about their bodies and how to eat right and stuff like that, but it's a it's a great sport, but yeah, most people start when they're young. I started when I was 19. After 19? I, yeah, 19 after I after I hurt my knee playing college football and, and uh, played baseball and football in high school and, and uh, never even really thought about boxing. I always I always loved the sport and watched it, but I didn't know it was available to kids in Minnesota, so I just never got into it. Yeah, and you're, you're from Osseo, are you? Yep, yeah, I'm right down the street, man. I grew up 10 minutes away, actually five minutes away from here. Yeah, yeah. and so you were just, you were into other sports. It wasn't even, yeah, yeah. It wasn't even about, boxing wasn't even on your radar. Were you you're pretty good at football, though? Uh, yeah, I was all-conference uh, at Osseo, an all-conference football and baseball player, and I went to Virginia State University to go play football, and that's when my knee injury kind of derailed that. But um, I was a, just a good all-around athlete. I, I learned how to play golf first. My, my mom was a good golfer, my uncle and my, my grandfather were good golfers, so that's what I was on the yard swinging golf clubs when I was a kid and playing baseball and, and uh, yeah, just uh, everything I can get my hands on as far as sports goes. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you, and mom raised you, right? Yep, yep, yeah, single mom, yeah. yeah me, my, my twin sister, and my younger brother. Yeah. How was that, Caleb? Uh, it was, there was challenges, you know, but we always had a, a good uh, family structure and uh, my grandparents really helped out. So we always, uh, you know, we, we were uh, not uh, poor, but we, uh, we always had a place to, to go if we needed help or, or had people to fall back on if we were short. But there were some challenges. Sure, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, what kind of kid were you? Like, what, uh, <laughs> other, than, other than athletic? I was a chubby kid, man. I was a chubby kid until about uh, probably about seventh or eighth grade. But no, I was a real shy dude and, and uh, you know, growing up without a dad and kind of moving around a lot. That's, uh, I guess, what's to be expected but uh shy kid and just 
love sports, and that's what I concentrated on, basically. Yeah, where is Virginia State? I've never even heard uh, of Virginia State, yeah, dude. It's Petersburg, Virginia. Okay. It's like 30 minutes south of Richmond. It's a it's a historically black college and uh, okay. Division two Division two school. And it was fun. It was a, it was an awesome experience for me to get away from home. But uh, when I was done playing football, I wanted to get back to to my family and get back home. So I went to the U of, U of M after that. Oh, so you're a gopher. Yeah, yeah. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've seen you. I've seen you chirping about yeah, the gophers man. online. <laughs> so, yeah, I graduated in uh, 2006 for the MU. Okay, and then when when did boxing come about, Caleb? How did you realize it? Whoa! Uh, when did your eyes open? So it it came about when I was uh, 19, like I said, and I was my friend Rob Sutherling and I were sitting in my in my uh, apartment at University Village uh, at the U, and we saw a, a advertisement for a tough guy tournament in the in the uh, city pages. What is that? And it's like a just like a bar boxing league or something like that. Just uh, kind of a goofy thing. And we thought it'd be fun because we used to like throw the gloves on and box, you know, in, in his yard with a bunch of kids from high school and just mess around. But uh, we signed up for that and we both got beat. He got he got knocked out. I got my butt whooped and I was uh, three one minute rounds and I was dead tired. I thought I was in shape, but uh, I wasn't <laughs> in boxing shape. And uh, even though I got whooped, I, I loved it and, and trained and, and uh, did another one and won that one. And then that was the start of my career. <laughs> think, think about like uh, a couple years ago when, when you win the, the, the championship, right? right. <laughs> you're, a, you're, a, you're a boxing champion. You think back on like that guy that whooped you at that tough guy. Yeah. Like, oh, man, if I where's can get that, a hold of that. Where's that guy? <laughs> There's a, I, we, we, uh, you know, at, at, at my boxing gym, uh, we're like a family and I've been there my whole career. And, and, uh, uh, one of the funnest things about my career is just all the people that one of the most rewarding things about my career is, is the people that I've met in, in boxing. And one of the funnest times I have is just sitting around after everybody's done working out and just BSing about old stories. Uh, cause yeah. we all came through it together and, uh, me and my buddy, John Schmidt, uh, who was a pro, a retired pro now. Uh, who he, we we've sparred you know thousands of rounds together and we we came up together through the ranks and amateurs and pros we were talking about uh this this kid uh, his name's Dwayne Stewart and I don't know what happened to him he he was a, a good amateur fighter from Wadena I believe and he beat John uh either once or twice as a pro and he beat me twice as an amateur and uh um but yeah, so he's, he's got he's got four wins over uh, over two pro fighters and uh, he uh, never turned pro. I know that he was an amateur, but no slouch, Dwayne. If you're out there and you still want to box, come see me. <laughs> yeah, I want to rematch. <laughs> right? um, but like you talk about boxing shape and like you, know, you weren't in boxing shape during that tough guy competition. What is boxing shape? Because it seems like whenever I like go in in into a into a gym, and this doesn't happen often, trust me. But when I do, and like I do, I, I'm hitting thing. You know the the what's that thing that speed bag. Thank you. Um, and I'm just, and it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm like yeah. tapped after like 30 <laughs> seconds of that. And, yeah. and just, just the, the footwork and all that. There is so much involved in, in this sport, isn't there, as far as yeah. the physicality of it? Uh, physicality, uh, mental toughness, um, just everything, man. It's a complete sport. And, and uh, like I said, I, I was an athlete. I, I worked out pretty much every day at the U of M. Uh, went for runs, lifted weights, and I got in the boxing ring and, and found out what boxing shape meant. You know, like I said, it was yeah. it was three one minute rounds, and I remember going back to my my trainer still makes fun of, fun of me about this too. And I remember getting done, I lost the fight uh, in the tough guy uh, tournament. I I go back to the the bathroom of this bar that it was at uh, CR Billiards in Coon Rapids, and I was like 
wheezing on the floor of the bathroom like oh, i used to have asthma oh. <laughs> and it was three one minute rounds and against a guy that was probably drinking beer at the bar before you know and and uh now i go uh 12 three minute rounds so <laughs> that's that's just awesome though um and and you're i'm i'm when I think of boxing, I just like, oh my god, I could never do it because I would never want to be hit in the face. Like yeah. when you, like when you first got hit in the face, what was it, like? What was that like? Because that's that's like something that not a lot of people enjoy. Yeah, um, I don't know. I like I said, I, I had done it before where we we're just messing around with my buddies. Yeah. And obviously, that's that's a lot different than actually getting in the in the ring with a trained fighter. But um, it's something that I guess if you don't. If you don't want to, if you don't go into it knowing that's going to happen, then then you probably are in the wrong sport. <laughs> but I always tell everybody, like kids that come to the gym and people that uh, want to come down to the gym and spar, uh, you're going to get hit in the face no matter what. So just get that out of your mind, like you're you're uh, you know take that off your conscience that so you're not going to get hit. But at the same time, it's not something that is good that you get used to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but it's also like what, what fascinates me about the actual sport is that it's, it can get savage, right? I yeah, mean, you yeah. have to, you have to have this attack mode, mm -hmm. right? You have to have a, 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 a switch that gets flipped when there's an opportunity to yeah. take a shot and, and really go in for the, for the KO or whatever you're going for. Um, but you also can't just be that you can't have that mode on at all times. Yeah, you can't yeah. be rage mode at all times. Right. Because uh, otherwise you're going to be susceptible and vulnerable and you're going to open yourself up. Right. So it's almost yeah. like this measured uh, li like attack mode or something. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I know when I when I go in the ring, um, I'm pretty uh, known for being pretty calm, a, a pretty level headed person and fighter. And when you encounter a fighter that gets angry or, or uh, uh, loses his temper, that's the guys that make mistakes and go out there and just try to go crazy and throw wild punches and end up getting countered and, and uh, not doing well. But, uh, yeah, you just got to have a, a kind of an even keel and just go about it in like a, a workman-like type of way or business-minded uh, type of way. And uh, like you said, man, when you get too angry or too upset, then you start being emotional and making mistakes and, and leaving yourself open for counters and, and, uh, it's, it's tough not to when somebody's punching you, you know, yeah. <laughs> are you doing something wrong and somebody hits you? And obviously your first reaction is, uh, to, to get upset about it, yeah. but you just kind of have to fight that. And that's just through hours and hours and hours of training just to go out there and do your job. And, it, and just, and do you, when you're in the ring and you're, you're, you're in a bout, are you thinking about like what's going through your head? You talk about mental toughness. Like, what is are are you just are you you're trying to stay within yourself, but you're also trying to strategically kind of pick that opponent apart too? Or how what's what, what what's what's in your headspace? It's a hard that's a hard question to answer. Yeah, because I I'm so focused that like nothing is really in my headspace. It's just all training and and uh, reactions and mm -hmm. um, you know we watch a lot of videos, so I'm looking for certain keys that I see. Uh, if, if he does this, then he's probably going to do that. Or if he does this then this is open and, uh, my, my coach is my eyes and eyes and ears basically in the ring. You know, he'll, after every round, we get a minute in between each round and he'll tell me, all right, this is what's open. This is what you're doing that you need to tighten up. Uh, he's doing this so you can counter that with this. And he basically tells me what he thinks he sees that I'm not seeing. And when I'm in there, man, it's just, uh, 
it's just like I said, just like a, a workman like type of uh, mindset, and and uh, I'm just reacting to stuff, and and uh, not really, I don't really have a, a frame of mind. It's it's strange. It's a hard question to answer. Like yeah, you I said, know, I you get know, it. Like, I, yeah. I get it. Like so, so, but you are breaking down video of these oh, yeah. people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, there's a lot of fighters that say they don't do that, which uh, I think they're lying. I, <laughs> I think they all do. But um, coming from uh, a football background. Uh, that's what we do in football, you know, obviously game study, uh, film study. And uh, that's one thing that's really helped me, I think, kind of bridge a gap like I was talking about earlier where a lot of these guys have a lot more experience than I knew, but I approach it in a, a smart, calculated, measured way where, all right, I got to watch film. I got to make sure I have every advantage possible because I don't have as much experience as this guy uh, over the years. So uh, I, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to make any mistakes that he's going to be able to capitalize on. And also, I want to capitalize on his mistakes. So, seeing seeing what he does in, in film has always helped me with that. And where data and analytics has kind of permeated a lot of other sports, where's where's boxing on on that? Is uh, is, is, is is boxing still pretty? Uh, it's it's know? old school, man. Yeah, it's old school. Like uh, that's one thing I love about it. The the one thing I will say is as far as like training goes, like um, Josh has really helped me kind of. Uh, step out of the old school mindset of, right. of training. You know, he puts uh, his he has a degree in uh, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, uh, he puts science behind the workouts. You know, like uh, different stuff, different weight training techniques that I would have never have done or never had done up until the point I started working with him because boxing is just so old school. Like run, hit the bag, hit the pad, spar. A lot of times old trainers don't want their fighters to lift weights because they think they, they had the mind frame that it made you too bulky and slow, which is not true. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really old school um, sport, so I don't think yeah. there is any But <laughs> you, But, you're, but you, you'd mentioned that you're, yeah. you're, you've opened yourself up to nutrition and taking yeah, care of your body yeah. in that mm -hmm. way. And, and, and being 36, mm. if I can throw that out there. <laughs> Um, sort I'm, of. I'm old, man. <laughs> no, but 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 definitely. I mean, it's is is it a young person's sport, and 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 are you old at 36? For boxing, absolutely, man. At 30, okay. there's not too many fighters that are at the top level that are that are my age, and uh, I've been able to to maintain the the level that I'm at just by taking care of my body. And like I said, Josh has helped me out a lot these last four, five, six years. Uh, just being able to eat right and and uh, train right, and just to maintain the the level that I need to be at to to fight with these young dudes that are ten years younger than me and yeah. have more fast twitch muscles. And the one good thing about boxing too is the the more experience you get, that can carry over. Uh, I suppose with any sport too, the more experience you get, uh, that can kind of uh, even out the sure. the unlevel playing field of being young to being 36 <laughs> makes total sense um but you're not drinking any raw eggs or anything no right? okay, okay. <laughs> no man no i didn't know i didn't know i was just i was wondering how that went down no uh, i do so, i do chop wood like rocky that's about do, it man. do you chop wood <laughs> okay all, <the> <laughs> all right hey um your journey so coming up you, you you do start boxing you do start finding success and you have a lot of great team around you and you're cutting no corners as, yeah, as yeah. you like to say um and and just working your butt off and 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 eventually you're starting to see the payoffs in the ring and 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 then it gets to the point where you actually get a title shot mm -hmm. what what was that all that that whole journey and that whole progress kind of how did that unfold and how gratifying was it again? yeah it was uh it was 
life-changing you know like uh i don't mean to sound cliche but it was you know and i had i had had success up until uh well, i had one title shot uh for a, a secondary title in 2014 i believe and came up short against danny jacobs uh and then i didn't know if i'd ever get a title shot again you know and, and got the one in london against james DeGale and obviously took advantage of it and, and won a title and it completely changed my life you know i i had had success like i said prior uh, up until that point but boxing is it's different than than other pro sports whereas uh you can kind of you can be a, a top tier fighter and and not even be able to pay the bills you know i for for the first i think seven years of my career i still had to have a part-time job while i was training twice a day every day too and uh, just to pay the bills and and uh stay ahead but um yeah i remember going to uh i just had a baby um i remember going to london and i was like broke basically to tell the truth man I, I i remember going to london i had like 500 bucks in my in my uh account or something like that and won that title fight and changed my life yeah changed, yeah. changed like significantly right yeah. that's 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 a pretty big uh step yeah, yeah. up i would imagine yeah. but you're you, that that title shot i mean that wasn't 2017 in London. Yeah. That's an upset, isn't it? Oh yeah, it was the it was the biggest upset uh, of the year. Uh, ESPN ruled it the biggest upset of the, or voted it the biggest upset of the year, and uh, I think the odds, some odds makers had it like 41 to one or something like that, which is the same as Mike Tyson Buster Douglas. So that was 42 to one. So uh, they, they were saying that when I was over in London, they were saying it was the, probably the biggest upset in British boxing history, and uh, like I said, fight or upset of the year on ESPN.com and. Uh, I didn't think it was upset. I thought I was going to beat him the whole time, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, I was uh, uh, I was a big time underdog, and and I think a lot of people still owe me some drinks for that because I kept on getting text messages like, "Hey man, I just won eight hundred bucks off of you," <laughs> with uh, got a bunch of bet slips that uh, that's awesome that, that I've never collected on. <laughs> that's awesome, and 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 you and that that classification that division it was that's super middleweight, yeah, super, super middleweight. middleweight. Yeah, I was the IBF super middleweight champion. How many are there? How many classifications? Are there? uh, there's a lot, aren't there? Good question, man. But, but there's a lot. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that uh, is really confusing about boxing. There's so many weight classes, and uh, prob probably too many weight classes, and and also uh, the there's four four major uh, sanctioning bodies, which are the the four major belts. So IBF, the one that I had, WBC, WBO, and WBA are the four major major title, um, uh, four major uh, organizations, and then. As far as classif classifications go, it's let me see if I can name them off here. Heavyweight is 201 plus. Cruiserweight is 201 limit. Light heavyweight 175. Uh, super middleweight where I'm at 168. Middleweight where I used to be 160. Junior middleweight 154. Welterweight 147. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every seven pounds, sure. or, and as it gets lower, it gets you know like three, four pounds. So there's lots of them. <laughs> I was like wondering, could could. Could somebody in the super middleweight take on somebody in the heavyweight? No, uh, no, no. The, the, those guys are too big. You know, the uh, there's there's but you're some quicker, right? There's yeah, but there's some guys that have been able to. Like Roy Jones Jr. was a light heavyweight champion, right. and he moved up to heavyweight and won a heavyweight title, like a secondary heavyweight title. But there's there's such a big size difference that uh, yeah, it, you can be quicker, but if you get hit once, it's <laughs> it's over. So that so that championship belt you had it for how long? Uh, I won it in December 
2017. And then I had a rematch with the same guy, uh, James DeGale, in in April of that year. And he got the decision in the rematch, even though I should have, I thought I should have got it. And where was uh, that? That that was in Las Vegas. That was in Vegas, man. Las Vegas, yeah. Uh, So now the the journey back, right? Yeah. Because you want the belt again. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm hoping to uh, get a title shot. Uh, hopefully this spring. I uh, I have a fight scheduled for January 25th. Uh, just to basically get back and get in the ring. I've it's been a while since I've been in the ring. My my Achilles was injured, and I want to make sure that's okay and uh, get back and just punch somebody after uh, <laughs> not being uh, not being able to uh, compete for a while. So that's January 25th, and then hopefully after that fight, uh, get through that okay, win that fight, and get back into a title fight uh, as, as as soon as. April, I believe. And you and I have talked before about your Achilles and how just how vital that is to yeah. a boxer and how, yeah. how debilitating that can be if, if, if that does go awry. Um, but and that, that that's better now or that's getting better? Or yeah, that's, yeah. So I just did the math this morning. I was talking to one of the guys here and uh, it's been nine months since I since I injured it. Uh, it was last March when I when I injured it. And it's still I don't think it's 100%. I don't know. They, the the doctor said that she couldn't guarantee that it could ever be 100% again if I didn't have surgery uh, because there still might be some weakness there. But um, it's I'm back to doing pretty much everything I was doing before. Uh, I had to kind of tweak my training regimen a little bit just to take some pressure off. I don't run quite as much. I don't do any jumping rope just because it's pounding on my Achilles and my calves uh, that I can uh, alleviate by doing other stuff like swimming and, and uh, doing other cardio. But I've been doing um, plyometrics. You probably saw me jumping over hurdles and uh, yeah. doing that stuff here when uh, when you guys pulled up. So um, everything's feeling great, and and I haven't had any setbacks or haven't had any pain since uh, probably three months ago. So I'm right. pretty. Confident. So we're watching for the spring, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Seriously, we're, yeah. we're we're gonna be pulling hard for you, dude. Um, and and where's boxing at like right now? I mean, because boxing it just seemed like it's just it's had such a heyday back in the day, yeah, right? Yeah. Iron Mike and Larry Holmes and and you know the the greatest right yeah. and all that stuff and and form I mean, could go on and on and Spinks and the and then it then then it seemed it like did it dip and then it came back again and now where is it right now where is boxing right now I especially because like you, you know UFC took off so well and it's just like where where do you see the sport and and are you excited about the future or where do you think it's going uh, it's really really healthy right now it's thriving yeah. uh, in my opinion uh, there's there's more money in the sport than there ever has been ever uh, there's lots of great fighters. Uh, there's the only thing that, um, that a lot of fans and, and even myself as a fighter have, uh, an issue with is there's kind of like almost factions, like, uh, the different promoters have their guys and different networks televised with each promoter. And we're having a hard time crossing those lines and having a guy fight this promoter from this before or promoter are having a hard time putting their guys together, which is, uh, causes a problem once in a while. But, uh, I think that the sport is really, really healthy right now. Uh, there's there's fights on every weekend, basically. You know, last night or last weekend there was a huge fight on ESPN. Terence Crawford, yep. one of the one of the best fighters in the world, was on. Uh, there's the Zone. There's uh, Premier Boxing, uh, who I'm with, uh, Al Heyman. He has fights on Fox. There's a, there's a big fight on Showtime next uh, next week, either Showtime or Fox. Um, so yeah, there's there's tons of different um, mediums to to watch fights. Tons of different channels. It's on network television again, which is a fantastic thing because everybody can watch it. 
So uh, I think it's really healthy right now. You, you, one of the things when you won the championship is that your profile went way up. I mean, yeah. right? And, and, and your stock went way up in this sport, but also in this community. And I've seen, you, I've seen you more than once, Caleb, doing some really good things out yeah. there, giving back in the community, whether it's helping charities or helping people that need help. Like, can you talk about that and that sort of that responsibility that you've seen to take on? Yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, doing any kind of charity work I can. That's one of the things I was just talking to uh, somebody a couple of days ago about uh, they they're asking if I have my own um, my own foundation, uh, foundation whatever, yeah. and I don't. Uh, but at the same time, that that allows me to help out with anyone I want to, and I and I try to do that. You know, I, anytime somebody has a, a charitable uh, opportunity for me, I, I I love to help out. And I actually, uh, when I first started, uh, Scott Ledoux, who's a, a former uh, Minnesota uh, heavyweight. He was kind of like my mentor when when I first started in the terms of, or in the sense that he told me like if you ever get a chance to do charity work you know don't ever charge anybody to do it and do as much as you can and I've kind of taken that to heart and and just try to do as much as I can because I'm from here you know I grew up like I said five minutes away from here and this is my community and and I'm gonna stay here for the rest of my life so uh, I figure I might as well make it better if I can. <laughs> man, how, how's how's being a dad? Oh, uh, that's that's uh, the best, man. I. I, uh, well, it's it's the best, but not for my sleeping uh, my sleeping life right now. But <laughs> my boy just I have a four almost four year old girl and a uh, seven month old boy and jeez that's still and, so uh, young man. He's he's finally uh, sleeping through the night, so that's uh, that's a win. That's uh, that's definitely a win as far as uh, waking up early and training goes. But uh, no, I love them and they're uh, they're my everything. And I grew up without a father, so uh, I try to uh, spoil them as much as I can. So. Uh, they they don't have to go through some of the stuff that I had to do, so it was uh, it's it's been a, a blessing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and you're a you're a sports fan too. I, I know you probably yeah, like yeah. the local teams, but when it comes well, to football, I assumed you liked the Vikings, <laughs> but you were and I thought you were like a diehard Steelers fan. Yeah, too, right? my uh, my Steelers are my boys. This year, uh, like we were talking before, it's been a little tough, but they they've been surprisingly good uh, with uh, all the injuries and stuff they've had. But I'm a Steelers fan. I'm a, I'm a diehard Twins fan. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Giants fan as well because Barry Bonds was my favorite player. Um, Timberwolves, I love watching the Timberwolves, but I'm just a sports fan in general, man. Didn't you throw out the first pitch at the Twins game? Is I that? did, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome, man. I I told my promoter Tony Gregelko, like I think I was probably a pro for two years, and he he was talking about having me do that. And I told him if he got me to do that, I was going to retire on the spot because I couldn't get any higher than that, and I I, I didn't live up to my promise, but. Uh, I threw it out. Uh, I think it was last or two su- two summers ago, and uh, yeah, it was a it was an awesome opportunity, and I was way more nervous than that than I was the when I go into a <laughs> go into a fight. Are you serious? And I I bounced it up there, man. I, I Kyle Gibson was the guy that was uh, catching yeah. it, and I uh, I, it. I I wound up like Hideo Nomo, <laughs> and then and then threw it up there and bounced it. I would have. I, I tell my boy, Eric gave me a hard time on my boys. I used to play ball with. And I, I told him I would have got to know if if he was at the plate, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I bounce it up there. <laughs> I, I didn't. I never thought, Caleb, that in a podcast with you that I would be having a conversation and that Hideo Nomo would come into <laughs> conversation. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of, my mind's a little bit hey, blown man, right now. I'm but a, you think I'm about mid '90s baseball, man. I could, <laughs> I could name every player on every team. I still got all the cards. And everything. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Did you collect? Oh yeah, I got probably. I still at my at my house. I grew up in Osseo. I probably got. 50,000 baseball cards uh, seriously yeah. like you that's a lot I know man, man. I got huge bo- those big boxes that are is this I got like four of them and, and uh, then I got one that I, actually I was just looking through them the other day I uh, 
uh, we were trying to clean up the house a little bit and I found uh, all my my like expensive cars that I have in like plastic cases and stuff. So you took care of them? And, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I have one. Uh, I found a, a, it's a Derek Jeter, a Derek Jeter rookie card from like 1993 or something like that. And I was looking it up and it, one of them sold for like $99,000 <laughs> two years ago. So I'll be cashing on that hopefully, man. <laughs> Jeez, hold on to that, dude. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Have you ever thought about like the uh the training aspect like would you ever like when when you're you know after you win your title belt pack <laughs> and and after your run as a as a as a pro boxer um have you ever thought about getting in the corner with somebody and and maybe not being a cut man but being like being like a a, tra a trainer right I mean, um i i don't think i'd have any I, I i do have interest in like sticking around gyms and helping kids out and just yeah. training like maybe amateurs or kids but i don't think i'd have any interest um yeah. training another pro fighter it's just like kind of a grind and i got kids now and and yeah. uh just too much too much time but uh um also I was, actually i was talking about this yesterday too I, most like most of the stuff we've been talking about uh, uh on this podcast so far but um with me like some of the stuff that uh, a trainer has to teach a, a fighter, like for me, it's it's came easy, you know, like, and so I don't know if I'd be able to, I don't know if I'd have the patience to like uh, teach somebody else how to do it where I have to, where people don't understand it and you have to like keep on repeating it. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'd be yeah, able to, I don't have like the patience. I don't know if I have the patience. doesn't sound like to, you're a coach. No, nah, man. No, <laughs> no, but you, you coach. For kids, for kids, for sure, but not for another another fighter. I hear you. Would you what if your son ever came up to you and said, Dad, I want to be a boxer? Or even, heck, your daughter, right? Um, I mean, because like, what, yeah. if, what if one of your kids said, hey, I want to be a boxer? I'm definitely going to to train I'm definitely going to teach both of them how to do it, but my goal, my goal is to be to to raise both of them to be too uh, too soft to do it. You know, like I don't want them to be like tough guys or tough, especially tough girl. But yeah. uh, I just want to raise both of them to just be like kind of too soft to do it. If that makes sense, that's uh, it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. I I think I'm too soft to do it. I don't. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but. <laughs> but like you, so you and I, like we uh, for a, a perky play segment for for the old Care Eleven. I, I I got in the ring with you, and um, we talk about nervous. You, you <laughs> throwing it for the first pitch. I like. I was like, because you know, I know we were like. You weren't clowning, but I, and I was trying not to clown. But I mean, you know, walking in the ring, tripping, yeah. tri tripping over the ropes and all that stuff. I mean, that that stuff was clowning. But when I got in the ring with you, there was a moment, Caleb, where I was like, I'm really gonna try to hit this guy in the face, <laughs> and it was just like, I want to see if I can do it. Yeah, yeah. And there was just, there's just, you're just so quick. There's just, the, there's the quickness. I think that that's that was one of the eye-opening things for me. Is like, my gosh there's there's just such a speed difference um and at at, at the level that you're yeah. at and there's just such it's not just cat like but it's like you're it's 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 like i said earlier it's measured it's like yeah. you're, you know when somebody's opened up and yeah. I, a, lot, a lot of it's speed and a lot of it's just like reading your body and knowing what yeah. what's what's coming which way so i can just react to it you know and and uh, i'm not the fastest guy but i have some speed but uh um, yeah, a lot of us just seeing body movements and knowing which way to move when when I see what. But going also on. really quick, I'm yeah, able yeah, to evade yeah, really yeah, quickly. Yeah. Almost you were almost like two steps ahead of me, yeah. uh, as as I would <laughs> hope you would, <laughs> would be at the level you're at. I mean, you're you're a former world champion for crying out loud. Have you ever? Do you ever like go for the knockout? Is that ever something that you're like zeroing in? I'm gonna knock um, this guy out. 
I mean, I have, I'd be lying if I said I haven't uh, yeah. done it in the past, you know, but uh, like I said earlier, uh, when you're, when you're upset about something or you're trying to focus on something too much, that's when you start making mistakes. So I never really go out there like thinking I'm, I need to knock this guy out or I'm not going to win or, or anything like you that. You don't? No, I, I, I always just go out there and just try to do what we, what my coach and I have worked on in the gym and just execute the game plan. And, and hope if, it's enough. Uh, yeah, and hope that's enough. And Are you counting hope. points? Like, are you kind of in your head like, oh, I won that round, or he won no. that round? Or isn't that, I, know, that? I know, I know if I'm ahead or I know if I'm losing or if it's close, my coach will have a better idea yeah. of what's going on outside the ring. But uh, in boxing, uh, who knows with some of the judging that uh, <laughs> that they do. So. Uh, you can win every round and sometimes still lose when it comes to the judges. So and so, when you're waiting there like you did a couple of years ago yeah. for the world uh, uh, t- title in London, and you're and you're you know the the referees got both your your hands and and your, your you know and he's got DeGale's hand in one arm and your hand in the other, and you're just waiting for that word. And you you fell to your knees. Yeah, yeah. And there was there was genuine, genuine elation yeah, and just yeah. almost like relief or something like that. Yeah. What was that? Well, I just kind of want to go into that moment yeah. too, because that was just, that was moving. And if you've seen the video, my gosh, it's just like, this guy has just poured his life into this and yeah. he's fun- and there's the reward. Boom. Yeah. It, it was, uh, one of the best days of my life, man. I, uh, um, it was just actually the anniversary, two year anniversary was just like last week or yeah. two, a week and a half ago or something like that, uh, December 9th. That's and, when I uh, saw the video again. It was when, yeah, when you posted and, it. And, uh, um, yeah, you see all my guys that I've been with since day one, just jump up in the air like crazy and me drop to my knees. And, uh, well, let me rewind. Like <laughs> when they first announced the scorecards, you know, the, the, the first judge, uh, scores at a draw, which was, not accurate. I sh- I won that fight, obviously, and and everybody else's scorecard except for that one guy. And uh, you can see me just go, God, come on, man, they're gonna rob me, you know? Because there's been some cases in the past where uh, decisions haven't gone the right way for an American or, or a different uh, country fighter yeah. uh, that is over in London. Interesting. And uh, so they've had a little history of that. And uh, thankfully, the the other two judges got it right, and I won. But uh, yeah, man, I just dropped to my knees, and I've always kind of given fighters uh a hard time for uh when a guy like will break down and start crying afterwards in the ring like ah, come on man suck it up you know and i just was like <laughs> and i get back to the locker room and start crying more and and uh yeah that was, was just pure joy you know basically. yeah tears of joy yeah, yeah. totally right mm-hmm. that's awesome dude I, well hopefully we get more of those yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and and whether you suck it up or not and or whether you let the tears flow <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd love to see you wear the belt again yeah thank tracks. you man. no for, for for real and uh and uh, but it's gonna take work right yeah absolutely that's why i'm in here grinding right now and uh uh i got you know i'm 36 like i said i have uh maybe a couple more years left and i need to make the most of them because uh um yeah, I've been doing this a long time, and, and I don't want to do it forever, that's for sure. And uh, I can't do it forever. And uh, i got maybe two more years left, and I want to make the most of them. What, what if there was a seniors boxing tour? <laughs> yeah, there is an amateur boxing, Masters. Is there really? <laughs> yeah, like Masters? 34 and above. <laughs> yeah, oh, shoot. Well, right, can't well. do that anymore, though. <laughs> yeah. Dude, could you imagine if you went in the 34 and above? You'd dominate, yeah, man. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks, Burke. Man. All the Appreciate best. It. And that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening to Perk at Pod on zonecoverage.com. Be sure to follow them on all social media platforms. They're doing some amazing things here at this space. I'm telling you what, some really smart people 
up in this building for sure. And follow me on all social media platforms as well, if you will, uh, from Instagram to YouTube to Twitter, Facebook. You can usually find me at Perk at Play, one word. Perk Find out what he'll say. Perk Sometimes he's at play. Perk Who's coming on today? Perk.